Right. So I need to think of a way. So. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Do I go for like standard welcome to this week's episode? No, I liked the so. What's no, I didn't like it. Oh. <laughs> Trying to make these more. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, not a formula, because obviously these just work in the sense that we just have random chats uh, and whatever we talk about, we talk about. Some stuff doesn't make any sense. There's gaps where we both not sure what to say. I prefer that more natural things, but like, should be a way to start this. I like to the so. No, what? Like, just going each time, like, so? Is that time? Yeah. Isn't it? No, no. <laughs> Maybe. I almost did it this time. I think that's what it might be, but. Um, so, it's that time of the week again for another episode of Them Asperger's. Um, for those that are listening, thanks for listening. Uh, it's good that people are. I've noticed that we're getting, not popular, but it's definitely picking up a little bit pace-wise with like who's listening to it, considering um, what it was like when we first started this. Uh, we've got loads of listens now, I suppose. Yeah, for someone like me who has three friends yeah. in yeah, the whole true. world yeah. it's a big deal why is it a big deal i mean I, more people listen to this than i've got like friends on facebook <laughs> yeah well, it's good because obviously like we originally started this because it was about awareness uh, and it's about understanding asperger's and i figured two people with asperger's talking about it um definitely helps because then you can see what it's actually like i suppose um hopefully yeah hopefully that's what it's doing yeah um recently someone spoke to me about you having asperger's and just hearing them talk about it made me realize that they just didn't understand it at all yeah i mean i uh, everybody that's got asperger's obviously has it differently and only you can understand your like real asperger's and i guess because we're quite solitary and we stay quite shut away from other people it's hard for those that don't have it to understand it in general and especially to understand the unique version that the person you know has so it doesn't surprise me that I mean I know who you're talking about uh, and I know why they said it and it's because I don't talk to them about it they don't know much about me in that level so they're kind of I've said it before like if you're neurotypical and don't fully understand it yeah you take the bits you've seen on telly the internet you know, that kind of thing. And you apply it to everybody you know that's got Asperger's. That's yeah. why you always hear people say, like, I've got a nephew, cousin, my neighbour's child can do this or doesn't do this. You can do that. So have they got it? Do you know what I mean? Like, because people know I have. Yeah. And because people know I have and they know I'm diagnosed, they assume that their relative, friend, whatever, can't have it because they are not like me. Yeah. Um, which is just, it's just a common, I suppose, misconception in that. There's no blanket way. There are like, obviously there has to be like telltale signs, I suppose, and that's how you get diagnosed. But those that diagnose know every trait pretty much and know everything that could be Asperger's and you just have to have so many of them. Yeah. But it's not like there's, I think there's people that have got it. So I'm sure there's people out there that have Asperger's. Uh, who are completely different to me and have none of the traits I have and I yeah. have none of the traits they have, but we both have Asperger's. So it's not one of those things that you can just know one person that's got it and then apply that to everybody else you meet. And I think this person that you're talking about, 
who said this, like trying to guess what my Asperger's means. I know you were getting annoyed when they said, oh, it's probably because of his Asperger's and that's why he's doing this, but you know me and you know that's not true. I think they're just, they know someone or have looked it up or um, I think I've spoken about other people to this person and said, I know they've got Asperger's because of this, this and this. And I think yeah. they've just gone, oh, that means I'm kind of listing my own things at the same time. Yeah, Um just before we did this podcast, I googled why uh, why I've got Asperger's, but I'm not like really intelligent because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. You are. You are intelligent. You just meant that. Uh, basically, we were for those who want to know the context of this. We were watching a game show on telly and like my general knowledge is really good, but my general knowledge is only really good because I've got a good memory. So. I'll only hear something once and then remember it. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I know the answers to questions, but I don't understand the answer I'm saying. So I'm just able to regurgitate something I've heard, but I don't fully understand what I'm saying. Uh, and then I said, you know, that I'm good, but I just said it's my uh, autistic ability. And then you started thinking, what's mine? I haven't got any. Yeah, which is why I Googled it. <laughs> I also want to point out, like, I made myself sound really intelligent in the school one when I was talking about how good I was at maths. But, like, I totally dropped all of that. Like, I got to I got to the age of, like, 16 and just uh, lost any sort of aheadness that I had. Headness? So, ahead, ahead, aheadness. Aheadness? Do you mean, what? It's not a word. It's not a word. What do you mean, aheadness? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> But as I was Googling it, no, I Googled... a headness. <laughs> Don't... What? What is that? You know, like, front runnerness. Oh, uh, I mean, that's just as bad, but that made more sense. So you mean, like, you were ahead and really good at maths. And yeah, then... and then, it, I don't know, whatever was going on with me just <laughs> slowed right down. Yeah. I got I got kicked all right off my pedestal, I can tell you. You're still good at maths now. Like, every time... Um, I'm still good at maths like I still like maths and I probably know more than people that you know haven't gone to school and done maths like for a long time because yeah who would like I still enjoy doing it and will still do it but like but I'm yeah not... you you wanted to go to um Waterstones the other day and find math books oh, just goodness. to do math equations and that kind of thing yeah I like I like doing stuff like that but in terms of when I was at school doing it with other people that also loved maths after GCSE level, I just, you know, like, yeah, well, I was no longer front runner. But there you go. There's there's a thing. You're good with numbers. Yeah. And maths. Uh, and even though you don't want to do it, and I'm not going to make you do it, and I know you don't like doing it in public, but you can speak French. <laughs> and yeah, did you get that from school or did you just pick that up? Um, apparently being good at maths is linked to learning other languages. Exactly, but like you can speak French. like, And I don't mean like people that know a bit of French, like you're fluent in French. I know you can't do certain things, but you pick that up relatively well. So there's two things. And it sounds like you didn't really study for either. You're just naturally good at them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? So there. There you go. Okay. There's something. Would you say that was an autistic thing or would you say that you could have done that anyway? Like, that's prob- that's probably an autistic thing. It's probably you're not just a logical, yeah. So, like, do you think you pick those two things up because you're autistic or do you think you just pick those two things up because you would have picked them up anyway? I probably would have picked them up anyway. 
There we go. Oh, no, no, wait. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Can you say you've got an auntie that's French? Yeah. What is everybody else in your family fluent in French? No. Do didn't you say that when you went on holiday to France, your family made you do all the talking? Yes. There you go then. I said my dad tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like everyone learns like a few phrases to try and get them through the two weeks they're in another country. Yeah. Anyway, um, so what? No, go on. Go. Oh, I was just going to say when I did this googling of I've got Asperger's, why am I not intelligent? The the why not was then followed by loads of things that other people googled that I thought was quite interesting. So how come I'm social but I've got Asperger's? Just like what you were saying with it affects everyone differently. Yeah. Obviously a lot of people have thought how come I can do this if I've got Asperger's or why can't I do this or don't I do this if I've got Asperger's? So that's just to prove the point that you it can't. really there is no like one trait that all of us have even saying the social thing is not necessarily a trait of asperger's because there are people that love socializing that have it yeah i mean there's um you know like everyone thinks that because you've got asperger's you've got no empathy or sympathy yeah there are people on the spectrum that have too much of both yeah so they feel everything everybody else does and they're more susceptible to that kind of thing. So there's no real way of knowing, unless you're professional, yeah. unless you're someone that diagnoses it, who knows what they're looking for. I feel like only you can know your Asperger's and having someone else tell you what they think it is. So like if you're someone and you're listening to this and you're told all the time you don't have it that bad, we don't seem that bad, or you can do this, like I think you just need to remember that the person that's telling you doesn't have it and wasn't diagnosed and hasn't done the same extent like they've kind of looked at the odd bits on google that they might be interested in but like if you've got asperger's you've probably researched it a lot yeah i know you did when i told you that i think you had it i know you looked up loads of it because you kept coming back to me and saying i haven't got this yeah what about this i think you're wrong so yeah i thought i fought the uh the asperger's thing for forever um so that's uh i was gonna move on to a topic yeah yeah uh, i do like the chats ones though i know we did that one podcast that was random chat yeah. maybe we should do one every now and then where we just talk about stuff in general yeah however 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 i do have a topic for this week uh, i wanted to talk about um direction um or like direction in life because yeah. it's always been something that's been a big a big thing for me yeah uh it is i reckon one of the main reasons why i ended up getting diagnosed and it, i don't mean like when i found out that i might have asperger's and when i was asked if i want to get diagnosed i mean it's the thing that drove me into private therapy mainly that yeah. got me diagnosed even though my um even though my ex said that I needed to go because she felt there was something mentally wrong with me, yeah. um, I kind of thought there's nothing wrong with me. But if I do go see a therapist, maybe they'll find my calling, you know, yeah. the thing I want to do. Um, because well, I've said before, I think I said at the end of the last episode, that when you've got Asperger's, you're living in a neurotypical world. You know what I mean? Like you're living in a world that's works for and is designed for neurotypical people yeah school employment uh even family um they raise you in a way that's the neurotypical standard yeah um and because of that you're then trying to find your way through life following the neurotypical rule book which yeah. doesn't work for you um 
And it's always been one of those things where, like, I'm sure when you're a kid, you've got friends that tell you what they want to be when they grow up. And admittedly, yeah. that's always things like astronaut, cowboy, that kind of thing, stuff you know they're never going to be. Some people say doctor from a young age, become a doctor, actor from a young age, become an actor. Yeah. But uh, I've talked about it. We almost did an episode about decisions and how people with Asperger's struggle to make any sort of decisions in general. Yeah. Uh, like basic decisions like... Um, meals or clothes yeah. for the day which is why we make routines so those decisions become part of the routine like we eat the same thing every day so the decision of what we're going to have for dinner is not one we have to make yeah. because it's the same thing yeah so it's the routine i think that's part of the reason why a lot of people with asperger's are fussy eaters because they don't want to make that decision uh on what yeah. they're going to eat so if they just routinely eat the same thing then that decision's done and it doesn't have to come up. And if you think about it, that decision comes up every day. Like, I mean, especially if that's a struggle. Imagine yeah. trying to, the anxiety of trying to make that decision on a daily basis. Um, and yeah, like that works for everything. I mean, I, when I was in school, you know, you get to year nine, you have to do, um, you have to do, what's it, options? Where you pick the things that you yes. want for GCSE. I had no idea, no yeah. idea what I was going to pick. To be honest, I can't remember what I did now. Oh, no, I do remember what I did now. I did geography um, because it was the highest one I got in exams. So in all the... What's the midterm? Ex- is it SATs? SATs. Is it... Uh, what are they called? SATs. Is SATs. That you do... Um, I think it's... I think the whole education system's changed now. Yeah, it's but all, okay. It's so, all bizarre now, isn't so it? So I did SATs yeah, and in my SATs, ge- SATs geography yeah. was the highest percentage... So I just thought geography and then I didn't know what to do. And everybody else kind of knew what they wanted to do. So everybody else had this kind of like, I want to do PE because I want to go to college to be a do PE there or, you know, that kind of thing. I want to be a physician. Somebody, people did science because they wanted to become like, I knew a girl that wanted to be a chemist. Yeah. And everybody had made those decisions. But when you don't know what decisions to make because you can't make decisions and because you don't have like a gut feeling you don't know where you want to go um the one thing i actually did kind of want to do was i think drama um because of my ability to pretend to be neurotypical and to blend in i thought that acting would be a good thing for me to do however my teacher told me that I'd be bad at that and told me not to do drama and said that I'm somebody that mimics things. I don't really act. So I picked, I can't remember what I picked, but I picked something that was completely nonsense and wasn't worth doing. And and it was one of those ones that was like dual GCSE, so it was worth two of my GCSEs. (laughs) I think it was GMVQ, Travel and Tourism. That's what I did. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Obviously, those of you that are listening to this, uh, Scarlett just pulled a face like, what? (laughs) <laughs> more because of you like you hate traveling yeah I know <laughs> I know but like I didn't know what to do and I found that like Asperger people on the spectrum in general will have other people make decisions for them yeah I think yeah, that's yeah. why we have social workers carers um or parents that we never leave uh because they will make all the decisions for us yeah uh, and I found that when I was in relationships I'd have my other half make the decision for me it's a bit of a nightmare for me and you, uh, because obviously if we go anywhere, neither one of us can make a decision. <laughs> uh, so that 
is that's definitely like a, a challenge. Like, yeah. so I mean, sometimes I'll just make the decision, uh, and sometimes I will force you to make one, uh, which is it, it goes on forever trying to make you decide anything. <laughs> I mean, I'm bad, but you're a lot worse than me. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, so like, the, I was mainly want to talk to you about like decisions in life yeah. because obviously. When you don't think you've got like a hobby, passion, in your case, when we talked about the memory thing and the so-called Asperger's superpowers, you don't believe you have a talent of any kind. Mm. Some people pursue jobs that are like related to the talent that yeah. they want to do. Um, so I think this is why a lot of people with Asperger's don't get jobs. I mean, I know that it's not just that. And I know some people don't want to hire people that are on the spectrum. Yeah. Um, if you're quite quiet. You know, and don't want to talk much. Um, and quite yeah, or if you if you just uh, don't have a filter, if you just say what you think, yeah, some people can find that offensive. It stops you from getting into a lot of jobs because a lot of jobs, entry level stuff, yeah, supermarkets, stores, call centers, that kind of stuff, they want you to present yourself in the interview as someone that's outgoing, friendly, yeah, polite, uh, and a lot of us don't don't present that way when we first when we give a first impression our first impression isn't that me and you got lucky we've never named the company we work for no. however the company we work for has a slightly unorthodox way of hiring people and i think that's how we both got i hired. interviewed with my friend yeah. and he did all the talking uh and I spent my whole interview talking about how I thought the interview process was nonsense and I think they thought I was some sort of radical thinker and that's how I got the job. <laughs> so yeah, um, but like how does anybody with Asperger's like choose a path in life? There are those out there like, uh, is it Chris Packham? Uh, he's the guy that does the wildlife presenting on telly. Oh yeah. Um, Anne Hegarty from The Chase. Yeah. And I've also mentioned Temple Grandin before, which is the woman who made up the cow press. Oh, thing. yeah, yeah. They're like exceptions. So they happen to just do jobs that their talent or obsession is related to. Chris yeah. Packham presents wildlife shows. He loves wildlife. Yeah. All he talks about is wildlife constantly. Apparently, when he's on telly, he just talks and talks and talks about it. And that just seems as him having a possession for it. Anne Hegarty's on the chase. Yeah. She's just intelligent, good at knowledge, that kind of thing. And and Temple Grandin happened to grow up on a ranch and just found a way to do stuff. But I think for the rest of us, a lot of us don't get jobs because we don't know what we want to do. Yeah. And it kind of makes me wonder, like, when you've been to uni, like I have, you didn't go to college, you did sixth form. But yeah. How did you decide? So say, obviously, when you go to school and you do GCSEs. Yeah. Um, their standards. Obviously, your SAS, I don't know why you call it that. SATs. SATs. When you yeah. do your SATs and then your options and then you yeah. pick your GCSE and that kind of thing. You pick the subjects you want to pick. Yeah. Uh, and then A-level. I never did A-level, so I don't really understand how A-levels work. But I guess it's the same as options. You just pick. Yeah. How many? So... When I did it, at least, you picked four. Right. Um, but then after your first year, you could drop one. Right. And so you only carried on with three. How did you pick the four? <laughs> so I... <laughs> Basically, for me, I knew that I was good at maths. Yeah. So maths was always going to be one of my options, and I didn't really think around it. Mm -hmm. The way I picked my other ones, uh, which I ended up not doing at all, but originally I picked ones that I thought fitted well with maths. So it had nothing to do with me 
liking that subject or wanting to do that subject. I just thought they fitted with maths. Right. So I was going to do business studies because business, maths sort of go together. Yeah. Economics, again, that fits in nicely with them. And chemistry, because I was quite good at chemistry. Chemistry has maths in it. Right. Um, and that's what I was going to do. But then I kind of couldn't make the decision myself. So I asked my mum and my sister to help me. And they picked <laughs> they picked history, which I hadn't done at GCSE. Yeah. Because I kind of, I like history. Uh, not what I ended up doing at A-level, but I liked history as a subject. They picked French uh, because I was quite good at it. Like I just happened to be. And they picked sociology because they thought it was interesting, but also a bit of an easier topic. So they picked those ones for me and then I stuck with my maths. Yeah. And that's how I came up with my A-levels. Basically, not what I wanted to do at all. Same. Yeah. Same. Um. Yeah, and so I, I feel like we don't really get the same, like people with Asperger's don't really get the same guidance. Yeah. Had you been diagnosed, I mean, I don't know how it works for people that have been diagnosed before they go through school. I don't know if they do get the help in making the decisions. But um, the things that people with Asperger's want to do with their lives is not something they can get paid for, the majority of us. The things yeah. I like to do with my spare time, I've thought about it. I can't think of any way that I could make money from it. You know, yeah. like think about what you do when you get home from work. Well, I, if I could like have my dreams come true, I would run some sort of, like I'd have my own business and it probably would be a fruit and veg shop or something along those lines or some sort of like vegan cafe sort of thing. But to me, like I think about it and I think like, that's all I want. That's really what I want to do. But equally... I just can I can't see myself ever getting there. Like I have no. no idea where to start. Yeah. It seems like too much of a risk. I couldn't just quit my job and start it. So for me, like I know that other people have done it, but I just think for me that would be impossible, even though that would be like what I'd want to do. Yeah. Um I mean I've talked about this business thing with you before. Yeah. Um and yeah, it is one of those things that that's what you want to do. But the things that are stopping you from doing it are not the same things that would stop a neurotypical person from doing yeah. it. A neurotypical person wouldn't do it because they need like capital to start it. Yeah. They need like to know about how that business works. Yeah. They would think about like, where would I put it? You know, where's the best place to set up shop? You know, that kind of thing. Our things are more like you're in a routine with the job you've got now. Yeah. It's stable. It helps you live the life you've got at the moment. Um, you'd have to branch out, network, yeah. meet people, go about talking to someone about a loan, you know, when you can't even do... I mean, we had to change your bank card recently, which involved going to the bank, changing your address and asking for a new card. Like, that took ages for us to <laughs> actually be able to go through with that. Yeah. So imagine trying to, like, ask or try and have, like, a business pitch yeah for like that and this is the thing like this is what i'm saying like so even those on the spectrum that do have something that they want to do with their life um how do you go about like even starting that you know you definitely need the help you definitely need like a carer social worker or an nt partner yeah to like, do that stuff for you but 
it's 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 difficult like and the majority of people i meet that have asperger's or i know about they they don't work they don't yeah. they don't do anything and that's because there's loads of reasons why that's a thing it's difficult it's like i want someone i just want i guess a social worker or something of that description but i want them to look at me ask me questions about what i want to do and then go okay this is the perfect job for you and I'll get it lined up for you and then you can just go and start doing it. Yeah. And I obviously that's not going to happen, but it's it's difficult because, like, w- what we do at the moment, our job, like, it's fine, it pays the bills, like, it's not a terrible job, but we could we could be doing something else. Like, it's not our dream no it's it's, not the best paid job in the world no it is and it's very stressful it Um, is really stressful for people on the spectrum like to do retail yeah Yeah, and like the retail we do as well is there's there's typical retail which is not great anyway but ours can get really heated like we get in a lot of difficult situations yeah that don't I mean, I've been in more than one situation where I've debated telling a complete stranger that I have Asperger's because of where the situation's going and they're telling me that I don't understand what they're saying and I don't get what's going on and they're they're pointing out my, uh, I suppose, disability in a negative way and I feel like my only way out of this conversation is to go, sorry, I've got Asperger's, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and I'm somebody that doesn't want to use that as an excuse ever. Yeah, no, me So neither. I don't ever want to use it as a thing. Well, I know in your case you wouldn't use it at the moment because you're not diagnosed. Yeah. But yeah, if you were diagnosed, you wouldn't use it either. And I don't like using it as an excuse to get out of something. But there have been occasions where... I'm dealing with a complaint from a customer um, and they're saying that the way I'm dealing with it is, you know, I've been told that I'm too blunt or uh, I'm too short with people or I don't empathise with them of whatever they're going through or problems they're having. I'm very matter of fact and keep the same tone of voice the whole time I'm talking. And all of these things are things that I know are traits of mine. Yeah. And every time something like that happens, I think, why am I doing this job? Yeah. What is wrong with me? Like, why haven't I not just left? Like, this is obviously not what I should be doing because, you know, there's other people that work in the store with us that don't have these problems. Yeah. And it is something that's easy, much easier for them to deal with. And I think, like, but this is a massive struggle for me. And there are times now where, like, situations will come up and I can see the familiar routine of pattern of the stranger behind the counter that's about to get angry yeah. i can feel it coming and i feel like a wave of anxiety just as it's about to happen yeah. these days which i didn't used to have like when i first started doing it i nothing used to phase me but we've had, i've had a few interactions with people now um where i found my anxiety levels just sort of hit me like almost as like to the level of like panic attack these days yeah i i had that I mean, not long ago, I had a quite bad... Yeah, I mean, you spoke about it not last week. Or was it last week? I think it might have been last, in the last episode. I think yeah. you mentioned the, the couple that shouted at you. Yeah, and like in that moment, all I wanted to do really like... Because I'm, I'm not very good with people shouting at me. I'm not, I'm not very good at like loud noises because if you start raising your voice at me, I can't... I can't hear what you're saying. Like, I don't know why, but 
when people shout at me, my like my way of hearing changes and it's like I can't hear words anymore. I just hear a loud noise. So when like there were two people shouting at me, all I really wanted to do was like put my hands over my ears and scream because I can't I can't deal with that sort of noise. And like I know that when they started shouting, I stopped being able to hear what they were saying. I know they were saying things, but I couldn't listen. And that makes me feel like I'm like not incapable of doing my job but like it's moments like that where I start feeling really like conscious that I can't like I might have Asperger's and that might yeah exactly yeah like I shouldn't be doing that job for that reason (laughs) then you're left with um the the thing of when I've had days like that and when that's yeah. happened, when I've come home, I've thought I need to do a different job. That's it. Yeah. I'm done. I need something else. I can't do this anymore. Um, but then where do you go? Like, yeah. I remember that the reason that I'm doing the job I'm doing is because I can't decide on what job I want to do. And like I said, the reason I ended up getting diagnosed is because I went into therapy and thought my therapist would find my like hidden talents, hidden skills. Yeah. And I've always, I got it in my head that that's how the world works and everybody has this one talent or skill that's theirs Yeah. and they just need to figure out what it is and then make money from it. Yeah. Um, and I just figured those that do a job that they don't like haven't figured out what it is and those that like their job figured out what it is and they've chosen to do it. And obviously when you're on the spectrum, you just have black and white thinking. Yeah. There's no grey area. There's no, that might not be true or it could be true for some and not true for others. There's a, this is how it is. Yeah. And once you get it in your head that this is how it is, you can't move away from that, um, that like belief. You just can't. So like my therapist was trying to get me to decide that. And then once I got diagnosed, the Asperger therapist were trying to get me to forget that. And it took years for me to drop that notion. Now I just see it as like people always tell me that it's lucky that I've got a job and that kind of thing. Yeah. But now like as much as I want to leave the job and it does cause like stress, it does cause anxiety and all the things people told me about people with Asperger's working in retail turned out to be true. Um where do you go? Yeah. Like, that's the thing. If I did leave, and all the times I've been unemployed, so I've worked for a company that went under, yeah. uh, where I was made redundant, and I didn't work for nine months. Um, And the job I got, which is the job I got now, I got because the person that hired me knew me. And it just, I just happened to be lucky. Um, yeah. But the, and then there was a time I was unemployed before that, where I kept getting fired from, I got fired from a temp agency because I wouldn't behave basically when I was at jobs uh, and I ended up being unemployed for ages, um, which is how I ended up at uni because you can get into college for free if you don't have a job. My job seekers allowance was about to run out. So I went to college, picked a course at random. Mm-hmm. I picked access to higher education, which is a course you can do, which will get you onto any uni course anywhere. And I thought, this is it. I'll do this course. I'll find out what my hidden skill is. <laughs> I'll pick the degree that's related to that. Done. That's my career started. Um, and I didn't. I couldn't figure out what I wanted. I figured these people, these professionals would tell me what I wanted. They kept asking me what I wanted and what I liked. I kept saying, I don't know. What do you reckon? They said, we can't answer that. It's your decision. It's your life. And I was back to, oh God, what do I do? So I ended up picking a course at a uni 
at random that I didn't really want to do, but it was the only thing I could think of that somebody had mentioned one time to me like years before. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you just wander about because you don't have the same sense of direction as NT people do. And I know some NT people never find a job they want to do and they just do what they do, but they have other things that they want. They know they want kids or they know they want marriage or yeah. they know they want a house or they know they want something that means they can go on holiday or they want cars or do you know what I mean? There's that like... Yeah. There's the thing they aspire to want and then sometimes it is the job or sometimes it's the things you can get from having a job. But they have that drive. But like even though I've kind of gone a weird way about it, I'm still not sure what my drive for anything is. I wouldn't say I'm not motivated, yeah. but I'd say I have no drive towards things. And it's a common thing I've seen in those on the spectrum is we don't really have the same drives as to what makes us do things. We do things out of habit, routine, logic, black and white thinking. They're the things that make us do what we do, but there's not that like urge or yeah. like, do you know what I mean? Like motivation, you know, like when you watch things like um, The Apprentice, yeah. <laughs> like things like that. You always see, you know, those people that like have the ego and have the the drive and the urge to do things. And, you know, like if you believe in your dreams, it'll happen. But I feel like those on the spectrum, it's not the same. We don't have the same things. We're driven by a completely different set of things that don't seem to work, you know, in, I suppose, like I said, like the typical way of doing things. So it makes me, I'm just interested in, so what do you do if you're on the spectrum? Like, where do you go? Yeah. Like, how do you decide what to do with your life? Do you just get a job because you know you need one to pay stuff? Or... Do you not get a job? Because obviously, depending on where you live, there are benefits and things that the government will give you so you don't have to work. Uh, and then you never have to make that decision. Yeah. Like I've always said, um, and we've both talked about it, if I won the lottery, yeah, uh, with the money, I'd live the life I've got now. I just wouldn't yeah. work. But I'd do exactly everything I'm doing now. I'd probably live in the same place I'm living. I'd do the same things I do on the days I'm not at work. I'd just quit my job and that's the only thing that would change. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, it's just interesting. I mean, you went to uni, um, you wanted, we didn't want, but you did accountancy. Um, but that's, that's not out of your own urge for. Yeah, I didn't like, I I liked it in my first year and then I kind of, by my second year, I realized that that wasn't what I wanted to do, but I just stuck with it because I didn't know what else to do. Um, and then I didn't get very good grades. And now, I don't know, I feel like I spent the past however many years, like even when I was in sixth form, I kind of had this mentality that I'd go to uni, I'd get a degree in accountancy because that was just, I don't know, what I decided I'd be doing. And then, well, I say I decided what I guess was decided for me. And then I figured that I would just get a degree and then get a job off the back of it and then that would be me sorted and like I don't know I'm kind of struggling more at the moment because that's not gonna happen and that's just what I thought would happen and now it's it's just not and I don't really know what like I guess I I just feel I feel feel really trapped in the job that we do because I don't know how to get out of it. Like, I don't want to do it. I don't like it. I, like, I find it really stressful, but 
that I don't see a way out because the only way out would just be to go like sideways. There isn't really an up because I don't know what I'd do. Yeah. Like I just feel stuck and it really it irritates me. Like I get annoyed when I talk to people. So like when you had your accident and you were in the hospital, I was talking to your ex-girlfriend and she's obviously a paramedic. Yeah. And I was really fascinated in how she became a paramedic like how did she know that she wanted to do that and she was explaining it to me and like the training she did and then in my head I was like maybe I could just be a paramedic then oh yeah but, I've had that when I was with yeah. her yeah I, I went through that process when I knew her uh, uh, when we were together I thought I could do what you do you do that yeah you so see I, you see what somebody's doing yeah you see like how happy and content they are with what they're doing yeah. and you start thinking if I do what you're doing I'll, I'll feel the that. way you feel yeah um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so that was like the genuine thought process that went through my head and then I started googling it like maybe I can just become a paramedic I can't be a paramedic like one I have a massive phobia of eyes so yeah. if I ever had to go to a thing where someone had a problem with their eye I'd just throw up all over them and yeah. that would be it done yeah and other than that like that's never been my drive like the way she described it was she just sort of always knew that that was the sort of thing she'd want to be I've never had that I've never once thought about being a paramedic or a nurse or any kind of carer of any description because I don't care about like I'm not I'm not like a caring person no so that would just be a stupid thing but yeah I just listen to other people and then think maybe I can do that and like she's not the only person I've done that with I've I've listened to other people before and just like I've listened to my sister talk about being a teacher and then being like maybe I could be a teacher where like I I could never be a teacher I could never stand up in front of a class full of people and talk because I I'm not like that. Like I'm, I'm a very quiet person, and I don't. Um, weirdly, as a side note, though, um, there is a lot of people with Asperger's that become teachers because you are technically just talking about something you're interested in. So, say you had a subject. Oh yeah. Uh, you're just talking about the thing you're interested in constantly. You only ever talk about that one thing. Um, and it's a very one-sided conversation when you teach. You do involve students to some level, but really, all you're doing is just talking about the thing you like out loud to a bunch of people that can't really state an opinion or talk to you about it because they know nothing and you're the one teaching them. But teaching is actually a common route for those on the spectrum. Um, But you have to be able to, in your case, you can't talk in front of big groups. Yeah. So that would be where your problem is. But if you didn't have that, I know a few people that have gone down the teaching route and apparently it's useful for those Asperger's. Say you were really into history. Yeah. Then you're just all you're doing is talking about history all day, yeah, and just telling other people about history. And obviously, people with Asperger's like to control the conversation. They like to talk about the thing they want to talk about, and they're always bringing it back to that thing they want to talk about, and they don't want to talk about other stuff. Yeah, and that's why it works. It's why sometimes when we do this podcast, you'll be talking, and I'll interrupt because I've just been like, "Oh yeah, that thing." Yeah, that's the same thing with teaching. Yeah, um, but in that situation, the children are not supposed to be talking over you anyway. Yeah. So teaching works, but you just couldn't do the standing up in front of people. Yeah. But weirdly, as a side note, teaching is one of those things. But I know what you mean. You meet someone, they like their job, they like what they do, they think they're happy, and you don't think, 
oh, I just need to find that job for me. You think I want your job. Yeah. yeah. That's, and like, that's what I do. Like I, or when we watch TV shows, so this is a stupid one, but like when we watched Can't Pay, We'll Take It Away the other day, I was watching it and then I was like, these guys seem to like their job. How do you even get into that job? How do certain people get into these weird, bizarre jobs that they get into? And how do I find a weird, bizarre job that like will just be my job? And it it's it's kind of frustrating to me. Like I feel frustrated that I haven't got a job that I want to be doing. Like I don't really care what it is. I just want it to not feel like stressful. And I know everyone has like elements of stress, but like the like as stressful as it is, especially to someone who's on the spectrum. Like if I was doing office work, I'm sure I would find that less stressful then because we we're constantly like customer facing having to put on this like persona in front of customers we have to deal with angry and aggressive customers we have to manage people so like being a supervisor means making decisions which is not always the best thing and also just um like sometimes people try and talk to me at work and sometimes that's one of the most stressful things for me is like listening to people try and have a conversation with me and knowing that they uh they're trying and I'm giving them nothing because I don't yeah yeah um it's one of the hardest things about having Asperger's if you're self-aware yeah um if you're a self-aware burger and you know what your traits are and you know your behaviors it's difficult because um, a lot of neurotypical people will know they're like bad behaviors. Well, not bad behaviors, but you know, in this case, things that are seen as different to other yeah. people, and they'll either hide them or they'll put the work in and change them. Yeah. But when you're on the spectrum, you know exactly. I mean, I do. I know exactly what my bad traits are, and I know how I'm going to react to certain things. But I also know that I'm almost like a slave to them, and yeah. there's nothing I can do about it. Um, I know exactly how I'll react to situations, but I cannot stop the way I'm going to act. Yeah. Um, so I will do things at work that I know are a trait and I know what I've just done. And it's the same like outside of work, public, anything yeah. like that. I know there's just certain things that I will do no matter what. And I always have to like weigh up, you know, the 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 situation. I either just try and avoid it yeah. completely because I know what's going to happen. So there are situations where I know what I'm going to do. So I move away from it as quickly as I can and just almost run away. There are situations where I just let it happen and then whatever, ever. And then there's times where I consider just coming out with, sorry, uh, I've got Asperger's. Um, yeah. But then, like I've already said, I don't like using that one. And I don't like to tell people I've got it if I have to use it in a way that says, sorry that I've behaved this way. Yeah. Um, and and it's because it's, it's not a disability that you can see. It's yeah. not something you can look at someone that's got Asperger's and think there's something different about them. You can kind of spot it if yeah. you know what you're looking for. You can see odd little things that somebody with Asperger's will do. You know, mainly do like eye contact, body language, the way they talk. Um, if you know what you're looking for, you can spot those that are and that those that aren't. But if you don't know what you're looking for, you're just seen as shifty or rude. Yeah. And they're just not traits that you can have in a job. Like there are some jobs where you can get away with that. 
but that really limits what you can do. The majority of jobs, no matter what, you've got to interact with people. You've got to be social. Um, and it's difficult. Like yeah. I said, with the job we both do, we're both aware of the fact that we are not really supposed to be doing it and it would be lo- a lot less stressful if we didn't. Yeah. However, you get into the routine of going to the same place, doing the same thing and getting used to it, then it's hard to... You've not only got to break away from that routine, but you also need somewhere to go Yeah. as well. And then you're back to what decisions do you make? Like what path should you go down? Yeah. Where should you go with your life? And you've either got to find the passion that you like and try and make money from it, um, or you just don't take a job, do the things you like, but, you know, you get government money. Yeah. Uh, you do the things you want to do, but somebody else is paying you not to do them, but it's paying you so you don't have to put yourself into the workplace and cause yourself problems. Yeah. Um, it was always weird. I did a course, actually, after I got diagnosed. It was six weeks, well, six courses for an hour, you know, every week for six weeks. And it was about employment and Asperger's. And the course talked about oh, that's th- interesting. things that people, well, you might, once you're diagnosed, I don't know if the course still runs, but they might send you on it. Yeah. Um, and I thought that this course would help me decide on what I want to do, but it didn't. Yeah. I did six weeks of it and came out it with the same way I was before I went in. Yeah. Thinking I still, it took me ages. My therapist told me that I have to try and accept the fact that I may never find a career or, yeah. you know what I mean? like, And I've, I've been obsessed with like having a career since I was 16. Yeah. Do you mean I'm 33 now? Um, I don't consider what I do in my career. Yeah. I don't consider it. I always see it as like the thing I'm doing until I find the thing I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. But I'm not actively looking for the thing I'm supposed to be doing. And I have no idea still even slightly what it looks like. And it doesn't matter what people suggest. I just can't picture myself doing it. And also you've got to think that's a trait as well. People with Asperger's can't do hypotheticals that no, well. No. Someone goes, imagine, could yourself see doing that job? You just sort of go, no, is there any way I can do that job for a week to see if I'd like it? And yeah. then they go, no, there isn't. And you're like, well, then I don't know if I can do it. And I'm not about to quit what I'm doing now to just take a punt on something yeah. I have no nothing about. It's so really you, difficult. You do become trapped. Whereas, yeah, NT people can just do it. Yeah. They can just, they can just quit a job Without having a backup job. Yeah, that and, always baffles me. Do you know what I mean? Like, they just do that stuff. Like, when you're on the spectrum, you just can't do it. I could not just up and quit. I no. would need, like, mega security that I'll be okay if yeah. I just quit. Um, And yeah, anyway, this course I went on, they just kind of suggest the same stuff. They always tell you that what you need to do is basically the gist was get a job that means you're hidden away and don't have to talk to anyone. Um, which revolved like, like warehouse work or uh, libraries, you yeah. know, putting books out. Uh, and it was all that kind of stuff. And I just thought, I don't like the sound of any of that. Um, I'm still someone that believes there's a really weird, unique job for me. And I just need to figure out what it is. But I'm not actually trying to figure out what it is. So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I'm uh, every time I get home from night, I'm... I'm then looking for that like direction in life. Yeah. What I'm doing is I'm getting home and doing my home routines. Yeah. I'm getting home and doing the things I always do when I come home before yeah. I go to bed and then I'm going to bed. There's no time in my day to find the thing I want to do. And I know neurotypical people can take night classes 
and they'll find the time and they'll sort themselves out. And I yeah. do look at people that are like self-made and like, you know, done well and picked it and just gone well done for you. But um, when you're not diagnosed, you think, why am I not doing this? I'll get there eventually. But when you get diagnosed, you go for this brief period of it's never going to happen for me. I have to do what my Asperger's tells me to do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's a difficult one. And I know the reason I was going to talk about this now with you is because... I've kind of been through this now. I'm kind of at the point where I'm almost okay with how things are. Like, things aren't awful. No. Uh, like, things are fine. But I know for you, you're having this, like, struggle at the moment with what you want to do. Yeah, I'm really struggling. Uh, and, yeah, it's because you have this, like, ideology of how things are supposed to work. But you're basing your ideology on a neurotypical way of doing things but you're trying to go about it the Asperger way and that's why it's not working. You need to find the Asperger way of doing it. But obviously you'll need diagnosis yeah. and you'll need like the support of people that understand Asperger's before you can do that. I mean, at the time you've got me for now, yeah. I suppose, because like I'm a much later diagnosed. I've been through all the same stuff. They have nothing left for me as far as therapies or support goes now. I'm now at the point where... I've got all the information I need. I've just got to try and figure out what I want to do. Yeah. And I guess it's not that comforting that we're in the exact same situation as far as <laughs> career and work goes and what I'm going to do with my life. I'm at the same stage you are, but I'm a lot more calmer and at peace with it than you are. I guess that's the difference. I still haven't accepted the fact that there is a more likely chance that we won't win the lottery <laughs> genuinely like every saturday because i play the lottery for both of us yeah i kind of like every friday night i'm like oh it could all change tomorrow and then every sunday morning i'm just sort of genuinely feel like this yeah, you've been cheated massive disappointment yeah. um but like say say the world was more uh autism friendly and yeah. obviously it's becoming more and more autism friendly uh all the time like yeah. we talked about the supermarkets doing the autism thing morrison's morrison's nice. yeah loads of places have started hiring people on the spectrum uh, yeah and trying to make changes for them say like there was a world where that was okay uh I mean, it is okay, but do you know what I mean? Like, was more catered for those on the spectrum because yeah. more and more people are being found to be that way. And obviously, with more and more children being diagnosed at a young age now, I think things will change a lot as they get older. Yeah. And like five, ten years from now, things will be easier. Yeah, definitely. For people like us and like even our, I imagine even like where we work now will change the way it does things. Yeah. Um, for the benefit of us, but at the moment, like. You have to try and avoid the thing that you're given jobs like just because it's a quota or because I mean, originally when I got diagnosed, that's what I thought. I thought more job opportunities would open up for me because they'd have some sort of disability quota where they had to hire someone with a disability. <laughs> so I just go in there thinking, I hope they haven't got somebody with a disability already, because if they haven't, then they'll have to give me the job. And like, I went into loads of job interviews with that mentality of just like, I'm disabled, they need to hire this many disabled people believing that's how places work. You know, like they have to do like ethnic minorities and that kind of thing. 
I just figured that they want to show that they're equal opportunities, so they'll have to hire me Amazing. on the basis of like they need their disability guy and I'm their guy. So I got diagnosed initially as well, believing once I had the diagnosis, like I was telling everyone in my interview and <laughs> you know, on all application forms, are you have any disabilities? It was on there. Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I just thought, you need me, so you look good to say, Oh yeah, we've got we've got a disabled guy, him over there. <laughs> that guy over there counting everything. <laughs> like for no reason. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, I thought that's how it would work. Um, but I realised that when I said Asperger's, the people interviewing me just kind of went, oh, what's that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I didn't require like a ramp or like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like that kind yeah. of thing. They just thought, well, what, what? we have no idea what that means. We're going to have to change for him. He sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, probably no. But don't tell him that when he asks for feedback. Just tell him, you know, the same. They always told me the same thing. They always just went, you were good, but we found someone that was more suitable for the role, you know, if they had Yeah. And all of them, no matter where I applied, they all said the same thing. And every time I just thought, it's the Asperger's, that's what it is. Yeah. Should I leave it out still? Like, no, 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 I need it in there. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, yeah. It's difficult. It's just, uh, it's just annoying. Like, talking about it annoys me, but not because I'm, like, I'm more annoyed at myself more than anything because I feel like I should be able to do something about it like I feel like I shouldn't be moaning or be getting annoyed by it because I should be able to do something about it but then I have got job interviews and I just don't go to them because I'm too scared and that's like annoying in itself but also I don't want these jobs so I'm getting job interviews for jobs that I do not want to do at all yeah it's all just... And if you went to the interviews, you'd have to take someone with you and you worry about what that looks like if you can't... Yeah. If you can't do the interview by yourself, does that mean that the company that would hire you thinks they've got to hire you and the person that came with yeah. you? Um, but, like I say, it's an acceptance thing. It's an accept. You, you won't accept any of this because you're not diagnosed. Yeah. Once you've got diagnosis, it helps... Uh, admittedly, like I said, I'm still no closer to finding what I want to do. Um, I know that what I'm doing now is not what I want to do. And even though I try and tell myself I'm lucky that I got a job and there's loads of people out there on the spectrum that can't get hired and would love a job, that I should just hold on to that. Yeah. But for some reason, that has little to no comfort for me. Um, I don't know why. Uh, It's one of those things when people tell me you should be proud of that. And I know what they're saying makes sense, but it's not going to then suddenly like bring out that like feeling in me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once you get diagnosed, you just get easier accepting what you are. And obviously, if you have a hard time at work and if you are struggling, you have this fallback of telling not every person you meet, but like higher ups, HR, your boss. Yeah. I have this. This means I'll do this. Is there any way? And they'll just, you know, most pretty much all employers will cater for it and go, that's fine. If you need a short break, do this. And you just need to accept the fact that it's okay for you to do that. It's okay for you to take five minutes. It doesn't mean you're weak or like, do you know what I mean? Not good at your job. You know, it's, it's, it's just the way it is. You know, it doesn't mean that you're a letdown and they're just humoring you with the position you've got. You know what I mean? So you've got to get used to doing those things. I, for the longest time, wouldn't take breaks because I believed that that showed like that I was not as good as everybody else. 
So there were times where I knew I needed to step away and just take five minutes to, you know, get myself together. Yeah. Um, but I didn't do it for ages because I thought this makes me look proper weak and vulnerable and everyone will look at me like, oh, like, what's with this guy? Yeah. Um, but you have to just get more comfortable with that and be okay with that and just do it and then it doesn't matter. Um, but that's just the way it is. Like I said, the workplaces and jobs, you've got to remember that the majority of people that apply for those jobs are NT. So they're going to do that and they want to be there. Um, whereas for us, I don't know if wants the word I'm looking for. But yeah, you just need to, you just need to accept it a bit easier, you know, and things will be easier. Yeah. You need to remember that the things you're getting angry about or wound up about aren't because you're bad at your job or not because you shouldn't be there. There's just things that are going to agitate you that you can see other people being like, why don't they get agitated by this? And that's all. You've got to remember that that's just because of the way you are. It's got nothing to do with being good at a job, bad at a job, that kind of thing. It's just there's this thing in you or about you that's going to make you behave this way because the job you're doing is aimed at neurotypical people. So you're kind of having to improvise with it and do it. And that's causing you like anxiety and worry. But uh, yeah, you just need to remember that it's not your fault. And you are just, you know, have something that you, you have no real control over. Yeah. It's it's interesting to talk about it because it's fresh on my mind. At the it moment. has been all you've been thinking about lately. Yeah. You go through waves of thinking, I need to find the thing, my calling in life, what is it? And it's just weird to watch because obviously I did the same thing. Yeah. Um, I did it forever. Like it's only like in the last couple of years that I've kind of let go of it. Uh, and you watching you do this reminds me of when I did this. Yeah. Uh, and it becomes like all consuming and you hate every time something happens at work or happens in your life that you don't like, you go straight to, I shouldn't be doing this. This is yeah. rubbish. Like what's going on here? Why is no one helping me? Why have I not figured this out? Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it can be anything. It can be a little thing, but because because you because you're on the spectrum um there isn't a little thing like everything's a big thing yeah you know like it's the same with when you can't find like the thing you wanted to wear that day it's the same as i don't know like having to get on a bus it's the same as doing a job interview it's the same as like there's no like label to like this isn't that big a deal Everything is a big deal when you're on the spectrum. So one tiny thing at work that could have happened to anyone will happen and you'll just freak out and just think, this is it. I shouldn't be here. Why am I doing this? My life's a mess. Why am I not getting help? You know, and that's that's what happens. And I think that's why a lot of people with Asperger's won't work. Or if they do work, they'll work on their own and it will be something that they have full control over. Yeah. But there's loads of stuff within what we do that you can't control. Uh, and they're probably the bits that wind you up the most. Yeah, definitely. That is definitely the worst part of it is just other people. Yeah. Um, but like I say, it's people like it's just it's making those decisions and it's like trying to find like what you want to do in life. You might never figure it out because we're trying to I've said it like loads of times now, you're trying to live an NT life still. Yeah. Uh, 
And I think Asperger life is is completely different. I think we have a different set of goals or drives or motivations in life. Um, maybe we should probably do like an episode where we talk about maybe that, but yeah, uh, about what drives somebody on the spectrum to do the things they do. Like what is our purpose, I suppose. Yeah, I definitely have things I could say for that in a sense. Yeah. There's definitely things that I know that I will do even when I shouldn't because I want to do something so badly. But yeah, you're trying to apply like NT logic that you've been taught by school, parents, that kind of thing to like your Asperger thought processes. And I think that's where the friction is. Yeah. I think that's what's making you struggle. Yeah. And I think that's what makes a lot of us like Asperger's struggle with school jobs, interactions and that kind of thing is we're trying to do normal stuff that we're not meant to do. Yeah. Um, there are, but then there's like, there's situations that we can do easy that those not on the spectrum would massively struggle with. But yeah, uh, that, I think that's, that's, that's like our time. It's been an hour. It's been an hour. It was an hour. I feel like I've just rambled for an hour. No, you haven't just rambled, but Um, that hour's gone quick. Yeah, I mean, it was another, like, I know I keep saying this, but like, do you feel like that was a upbeat episode? (laughs) I keep meaning to do this. I know I did the Asperger pros thing, but... uh, Oh, I really enjoyed the pros one. The pros one was fun. I'm trying to get like a balance. I feel like sometimes our episodes get into this weird, like dark like everything's terrible yeah, if you're on the sorry spectrum if that was like really dark for you or that <laughs> reminded you like how rubbish your job is <laughs> yeah um yeah so like maybe we need to balance this a bit more uh maybe like maybe for next week uh either i'll tr- i'll try and think of a we'll do something happy i'll try and think of a good one yeah we'll do like you an try and think of a good one and we'll do a because I do, I do still, I do still talk, I do still prefer, I mean, obviously I have no frame of mind on what's neurotypical, but I still stand by, like, if someone said I can take your Asperger's away from you today. Oh, no, yeah, 100%. I'd still keep it. I'd still keep uh, it. Like, so those, I'm not trying to sell this as a bad thing and we're all, like, suffering or something. It is, I still, I still like being... No, I still like being autistic. It's, I, it's definitely I, something that I'm definitely a fan of. I would say that there are, for me, more pros than cons... It's just... Um, You're in, like, these frame of minds. You're thinking about things it's, at it's the more diffi- It's more difficult to spend an hour talking about the pros. Like, if you pick one thing that's a pro of Asperger's, it's difficult to spend an hour talking about, like, how good that is. Whereas, obviously, it's well easy to take something that's a bad and just sort of rant about it. Yeah, well, people like to complain, I guess. Yeah. It's like that... Uh, thing when they say that like if you tell if somebody has like a good experience they they tell like two people if they had a bad experience they tell like 10 yeah you like to have a moan but but (laughs) (laughs) and obviously this is all new for you so like it's fine for me because like i've been like you you've not even you've gone like barely any time at all trying to get used to being autistic and you're not even diagnosed yet so you're obviously going to think about the negatives um because of that transition whereas i always feel like I don't moan about it that much. <laughs> I try and maintain a more like calmer. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> uh, I'm actually quite an upbeat person. I yeah. Just want yeah. To win this. yeah if, if anything, I'm the. <laughs> like outside of these podcasts, I feel like I'm the moaner. 
I'm actually really cheerful, but... You've been fine. The mic comes on and then I just put on my sad voice. (laughs) All right. Anyway, we're done. Bye. Oh, actually, before you say bye, like, oh. I just want to say, like, thanks for everybody that's listening oh, to Oh, yeah, this thank again. you for listening. Like, yeah. It's... The, like, it's way bigger than we thought it would be. And everyone said really nice stuff, or most most people have said really nice stuff, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Uh, yeah. It's doing well. But yeah, thanks for those that are listening. It's It's been good. All right, now say it. Bye.